For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Philip Wong. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover Donald Trump's indictment, Tigers in Town, the Kentucky State Legislature's override of the governor's veto on a bill impacting transgender youth, and the Russian detainment of American journalist Evan Gershkovich. It's Friday, March 31st. Yesterday, former President Donald Trump was indicted by a Manhattan grand jury for allegedly paying hush money to adult film star Stormy Daniels. This is the first time that any current or former American president has faced criminal charges. The indictment also has potential implications for Trump's 2024 presidential campaign, though Trump had earlier vowed to continue his run despite criminal charges. Yesterday was Ivy Day. We sat down with assistant news editor Justice Wilholt and news contributor Luisa Georgita to talk about the numbers behind the admissions this year. Yesterday was Ivy Day. Could you tell us about the admission rates this year for the class of 2027 among the different schools? So unfortunately, in relating to Princeton, we are unable to tell you the data for the great classes of 2026 and 2027. But prior to that, we have some data for you, as well as data from other peer institutions for this admission cycle. In terms of Harvard, their admissions data for the class of 2027, they accepted 3.41% of applicants. Yale accepted 4.35% of applicants. Columbia accepted 3.9% and Brown accepted 5%. As I've said before, Princeton hasn't released data for the past two years. Their latest data coming in for the class of 2025, and that acceptance rate was 3.98%. Why has Princeton stopped releasing its undergraduate admission rates publicly? Princeton made an announcement in December of 2021 stating that they will no longer release admission rates and information such as average standardized test scores And this is to prevent anxiety levels from rising among prospective students and to not discourage some people from applying. So were you able to make an estimate of Princeton's admission rate this year? We actually have, in spite of the recent scarcity of data by Princeton, Princeton is still required to send all of the data regarding admissions to the common data set. And they have reports for the past 10 years. And from these 10 years of reports, we were able to really see patterns breaking it down by gender, breaking it down by racial categories. And we were able to really tell a pattern that could really be a really strong indicator of what the acceptance rates were like for class of 26 and for class of 27. So what were those estimates? Those estimates were, as Princeton is a very prestigious institution, probably less than 6%, if not lower. And we also have to really take into consideration with test optional still being present at these universities, applications are much more in larger quantities, but only a few amount of spots, in spite of Princeton's announcements that the class of 2026 was its largest incoming class in history. Did you notice any interesting trends among Ivy League admissions this year? Yes, we did. More women have applied and enrolled to Princeton, but Princeton is the second lowest Ivy League in terms of the number of women applying. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. In campus news, the USG unanimously renewed the Tigers in Town program, which allows students to pick up food from local stores in partnership with the university. This semester, the program will have two phases. The first phase, Farmers in the Market will allow students to use a $5 voucher at one of 11 available vendors in Firestone Plaza. The markets will run every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. from April 12th to May 3rd, with each of the four weeks being designated to one class year. The second phase, Tiger's Feast in Town, is in partnership with PorchFest, a, quote, walkable music festival in the town of Princeton, where neighbors offer their front porches as concert venues. The first 500 students to visit two porches and receive two stamps will earn a $8 food voucher for the event. On Wednesday, 
A Republican supermajority in the Kentucky State Legislature voted to override Governor Andy Bashir's veto of a bill that would enact new restrictions and regulations on transgender youth, including a ban on gender-affirming surgeries, puberty blockers, and hormone therapies. Also on Wednesday, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice signed a bill banning transition care for minors unless they're, quote, diagnosed as suffering from severe gender dysphoria by at least two healthcare providers and have the consent of their parents. These two laws follow other states, including Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Tennessee, and Utah, that have placed restrictions on gender-affirming services and transition care. The Kentucky law has been widely established by LGBTQ rights groups as among the most extreme in the nation, and includes bans on discussions of gender and sexual orientation in schools. It also urges doctors to stop treating patients undergoing transitional care, adding that if suddenly ceasing treatment will quote-unquote harm the minor, they may set a time frame to quote, systematically phase it out. Yesterday, Russian authorities detained Evan Gershkovich, an American reporter for the Wall Street Journal, on allegations of espionage. The last time an American journalist was detained by Russian authorities on accusations of spying was during the Cold War. Russia's Federal Security Service detained Gershkovich on accusations that Gershkovich had attempted to obtain state secrets. The Wall Street Journal issued an official statement writing, quote, The Wall Street Journal vehemently denies the allegations from the FSB and seeks the immediate release of our trusted and dedicated reporter. The detention comes a week after U.S. authorities arrested Sergei Gadamirovich Cherkasov, a Russian national who allegedly entered the United States under a fake identity for alleged espionage. When CNN asked Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov whether Gershkovich's detention was a, quote, retaliatory measure, Peskov stated, Quote, I do not have such information. I have nothing to say on this topic. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre issued a statement on behalf of the Biden administration that, quote, we condemn the detention of Mr. Gershkovich in the strongest terms. As a graduate of Princeton High School, class of 2010, Gershkovich's detention has sparked great concern in the local Princeton community. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy said, quote, we will do everything in our power to help bring Evan home. Today, expect cloudy skies with a low of 30 and a high of 61 degrees. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Isabel Jacobson and me, sound engineered by Eden Tichon, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horton, class of 2022. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Philip Wong. Have a fantastic Friday.